All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News, where today we've got two amazing guests joining us because he joined our TV show last night is the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. Oh, my gosh. Buckle your seatbelt. He's got a lot to say about China, Russia, Joe Biden, even the feud between Donald Trump and Michael Pence. You're not going to want to miss this interview. Great interview with a lot of depth on foreign policy, on domestic policy. A man who's talking an awful lot like a presidential candidate with a big picture for the country and for where we're headed in and a way to counter Joe Biden's vision for America, because it's obvious that there is a big appetite, big opportunity there for that very thing. Then we have joining us General Kellogg. He is one of the great, really one of the great national security thinkers like Pompeo, a very smart thinker who advised both Donald Trump and Mike Pence during the Trump years. He's got a lot to say about the state of the world and the state of this extraordinary country and where we're going. General Keith Kellogg, former retired lieutenant general, an absolute top-notch national security thinker on the conservative side. He'll be joining us. Pompeo Kellogg, what a lineup. Now, before we get to that, and I've teased that, so now you know what to look forward to, I want to talk about a story that we have at the top of our site this morning. We basically have created a roll call of the most heinous crimes that have been created or committed by illegal aliens since Joe Biden opened up the borders on January of 2021. Gripping, gruesome cases, all a reminder that now, thanks to the way Joe Biden has opened up the borders and then created a trafficking scheme that moves illegals from the borders to the interior of the country, that every city in America, every city in America is a potential border city during the Biden presidency. Why? Because these illegal migrants, some who have criminal elements, remember, The CPB says that one out of every four illegal crossers of the border right now, illegal aliens, illegal migrants, illegal immigrants that comes across, one out of every four already has a prior criminal conviction. They're already criminal. One out of every four is a criminal trying to enter the country. When you move them in and go forward, the likelihood that there will be more crimes, well, it's pretty high, right? So 
Our story today, with the headline of which is, Insecure Border Spreads Lethal Crime to America's Heartland, Creating Powerful Election Issue. We go through all of the victims in the last year of crimes committed by illegal aliens. A five-year-old who was killed by driving in your mother's car. Texas sheriff deputy shot in the face on a routine traffic stop. A Florida father who thought he was foster parenting a minor. He gets killed. A Mississippi woman who's pistol whipped while she was talking on the phone. Three people found dead in a car, burned to death in Alabama. Just some of the crimes. Some of them aren't as heinous as the assaults and, and murders and homicides and traffic accidents. Some are other crimes, like the man captured this week in Washington, D.C., who was painting swastikas, a horrific act of anti-Semitism on Washington, D.C.'s iconic Union train station. And a 40-year-old woman who, in the Queens in New York City, was fleecing people, stealing more than 100 people's identities and stealing their jobless benefits in a big fraud con. So crimes from the financial to the hate crime, to homicide and murder, all committed by illegal aliens on this president's watch. Very powerful story. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of strong voices in the story, uh, some which you've heard on this show. Check it out. The roll call of extraordinary losses and victimization in an incredible story. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Mike Pompeo followed by Keith Kellogg, two of the Republican parties, two of the conservative movements, most skilled diplomats, most skilled national security experts joining us back to back on this, the John Solomon Reports podcast from, you know, where just the news. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. 
But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Welcome back. Yep, we had Mike Pompeo on our TV show last night. It was such a compelling interview that Amanda had and I did that I thought it would be a good way to kick off this podcast. Just listen to what Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, former Congressman from Kansas, potential future presidential candidate someday, what he had to say on all the issues of the day, the unstabilized world we're living in, the open borders that we're suffering from, the crime, the opportunities and challenges that Republicans face. Coming out right now from Mike Pompeo, go ahead and listen to this interview from our TV show, Just the News on Real America's Voice, right now. What message does it send that the United States is allowing its athletes to go to China and compete in the Olympics, considering uh, genocide of Uyghurs and, and other atrocities that are taking place there in China? You know, Amanda, it's absolutely tragic that we put these young men and women in such a terrible place where they were then to make a choice between uh, not competing against the world's best and going to a place where they have to have burner phones like drug dealers, where the host government will capture their DNA and hold it in their records forever, where they'll have every word that they speak their entire time they travel into Beijing or China, every word they speak will be recorded and monitored, put them in a terrible place. And it has rewarded a terrible human being and the Chinese Communist Party in ways that the IOC should be ashamed of for the entire rest of its existence. Yeah, it really is an extraordinary moment to watch all this play out. Now, on the world stage, there's also been a confluence of strange bedfellows going on the global stage. We see cooperation between China and Russia, Venezuela and Iran, Afghanistan's Taliban and China, with almost no pushback from the Biden administration. How did this happen, Mr. Secretary, and how will this change the course of global partnerships going forward? John, I must say, this is unique in the American experience. Uh, President Obama was pretty weak around the world. You remember he goes to Cairo and gives an apology tour throughout the Middle East. What we've seen in just this first year of the Biden administration is even weaker, whether it was the debacle that was the manner in which we departed from Afghanistan or the fact that Putin goes to meet with President Biden after having shut down American pipelines. Remember, we had gasoline you couldn't get in the southeast for three days. Seems like a long time ago. But when he goes, he says, don't do that again. Uh, Putin sees this, the rest of the autocrats in the world see this kind of, uh, this failed American leadership. And it's a fundamental reversal from where we were for our four years in the Trump administration. And 
And Amanda, you were talking about our southern border. That's a symptom too. If you're not prepared to protect your own sovereignty, if you're not prepared to defend your own borders and make sure you know what's coming in and out of your country, then I think the world can see that you're not about to be on the global stage making sure that you protect American interests elsewhere as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Mr. Secretary, on that note, how do you grade the Biden administration's dealing of the Russia-Ukraine crisis? More specifically, uh, they're discussing sanctions before Russia invades. Is there a danger that Russia perceives this as a damned if I do, damned if I don't move forward? Uh, you know, I think it's a TBD. But what you can say for sure is they didn't they didn't establish the high level, the macro level deterrence that you need. Vladimir Putin didn't put 130,000 soldiers on his western border and move massive equipment into Belarus during our four years. It's not because he didn't have the same imperative. He still wanted to build back the Soviet Union better. That was his mission during our time, too. Putin hasn't changed. What changed was how America was prepared to respond, uh, not with thousands of soldiers, not putting our kids at risk, but, but making clear these are the things that matter to the United States, President Putin. These are the things that are We'd love to work with you on and find places where we can work together. I, I work closely with the Russians on counterterrorism all across the world for my four years. Uh, but when it, America's interests matter, they have to know that America's credible and real and it won't just be a bunch of words at a cocktail party. And America First Foreign Policy achieved that. And I, I you know, we've got three more years where I think the bad guys will see that they can take advantage of things that matter to people in Nevada and Oregon and Iowa and all across America. It's really, really unfortunate. And there's a lot of risk in the world today because of it. Yeah, that there is. There's been leaked reports that U.S. intelligence believes Russia was going to fake an episode to, as a pretext to start a war in Ukraine. What do you think about that specific intelligence? And if it's real, what does it say about the Biden administration's ability to protect classified secrets and human intel sources since it leaked so publicly? John, I, I'm always careful. I, I haven't seen that intelligence. It's possible that they wanted this information out there, that the Biden administration intentionally provided this so that the Russians would see that we knew and that the world could see. It could have been an effort to convince the Germans and put pressure on them. If that's the case, good on them. Uh, the Germans, the French, the Europeans in the first instance have the responsibility to secure European people's freedoms and spend the money they need to as part of NATO and uh, bilaterally as well. So, I, you know, I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if the Russians had a, a red flag operation of some kind or trying to put disinformation out there. It's in the finest traditions of the KGB and Putin is in the finest traditions of being a former KGB officer as well. Uh, so I can't say much about the specifics. I know this. I know Putin wanted to uh, the, the revanchist view of the world as part of who he is. It just simply means we have to be determined in our resolve and support the democratic institutions in Ukraine and when there's corruption in Ukraine, we should push back against that as well. Uh, Mr. Secretary, switching gears and moving over to Iran, uh, the Biden administration over the weekend reversed sanctions that freed up $29 billion to Iran. What do you think of that decision and the continuation of the nuclear deal talks? <laughs> it's just nuts, Amanda. <laughs> what, do I, what do I mean by that? I try to be generous and kind. I'm a former diplomat after all. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, it, it is crazy to think that a unilateral lifting of sanctions is going to convince the Iranians for one moment to re-enter any kind of thing that would make good sense for the United States of America. Uh, maybe the best tell is the Israelis' response to this. The Israelis now recognize they may well be on their own, having to prevent Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. And of course, the Iranians' response to our lifting of sanctions was, thanks, we appreciate that. <laughs> Nothing in return. Uh, I, I, literally, uh, whether you're, you're negotiating to purchase a used car 
or trying to convince Chairman Gibb to give up his nuclear weapons. I've never seen the case where if you did something just because you wanted to and it felt good to you, that you ended up convincing the other side that you were determined to achieve the objective that you were negotiating about. Uh, one of the great successes of your tenure as Secretary of State and the Trump presidency was the Abraham Accords. Tell us how that has changed the dynamic in the Middle East over this last year. And I'm also wondering, why hasn't Saudi Arabia joined those accords yet? Oh, John, both good questions. Uh, so we, we were able to achieve something truly historic. Uh, a great group of leaders came together, President Trump, Prime Minister Netanyahu, Mohammed bin Zayed and the Emirates, the leaders in Bahrain and in Morocco and Sudan, to do what's fundamentally in the world's best interest. Said, hey, let's just sell stuff to each other. Let's build out our economies. Let's create stability and prosperity. Uh, you know, it's gotten harder to have those next countries come aboard for what you and Amanda and I were just talking about, John. If the United States is going to play footsie with the Shia uh, theocratic regime in Iran, the Arab Gulf states and the Sunni Gulf states are very, very unlikely to join something like the Abraham Accords. They need to know, Israel needs to know, that the United States will support their efforts. If if we're going to go with the Iranians, then the the Sunnis and the Arabs and the Israelis will all see that, and it makes it harder for them to build out peace. Uh, I hope that the kingdom of Saudi Arabia will find its way to do that. Uh, none of what happened in the Abraham could have, courts could have happened without uh, Mohammed bin Salman's blessing, his understanding that this was the right direction of travel for the region. Uh, I, I pray that the kingdom will get there too. I know it's in their best interest. I, I think they know that too. And I'm confident that one day we'll, we'll have a entire region that understands Israel's right to exist as something that is not only appropriate, but in their best interest to acknowledge. Okay, final question, quick answer. We'll bring it back home here stateside. President Trump, Vice President Mike Pence, a little bit of tension between the two of them. Mr. Secretary, I'm going to ask you outright, are you Team Trump or Team Pence? <laughs> ah, I love the question. I'm Team America. <laughs> uh, uh, Team America. Uh, it, is, it is really important. This is a discussion worth having in the sense of we had a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff happen in this last election that just wasn't, uh, wasn't cricket, wasn't Jimmy, wasn't right. Uh, we changed the election rules way inside the lines. Uh, and so we have enormous uncertainty. I've done, I think, 40 events, uh, public events this past few months. People are concerned about the fact that they don't know that when we say that Alice or John won the election, that it really happened to that way. That's just unacceptable in America. We have to get that right. We know how to do it. We know how to make people show voter IDs to make sure folks vote one time and they're authorized to vote only that one time. And then we count that one vote one time. If we get this right, then Team America will prevail. And in 2022 and in 2024, we'll have good, safe, sound elections. I'm counting on it. I know your viewers are counting on it as well. Uh, Mr. Secretary, real quick, about 30 seconds. What's the message Republicans need to go to the 2022 election polls with? Protecting the American way of life matters. It is worthy. It is noble. Whether it's stopping crime, stopping teachers from teaching silly stuff to our kids that, that we're, we're all a bunch of racists and our nation was ill-founded. Uh, we, we have to have lawful immigration in a way that protects our borders. These, these kinds of things are, are central to the American way of life and to Americans. And when you have a, uh, an economy that has inflation of four, five, six, seven percent, this is not the kind of thing that helps a working family be successful. We have to protect against those and voting for conservatives and people who believe in markets and families and freedom That's will get us much closer to that much more quickly. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, retired General Keith Kellogg, one of the big national security thinkers in the conservative movement, is joining us. He's here to talk about all things Trump, Pence, 
the world aflame, Russia, Ukraine, China. So much to talk about right after this commercial break. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As promised, a very special guest, a man who has served his country for so long, rising to the rank of lieutenant general, uh, then serving the uh, uh, Trump White House and the national security advisor for both the president and vice president Mike Pence, and now co-chairman of the Center for American Security at the America First Policy Institute. Joining me right now, for uh, it's been, he's been on the show before, we're so grateful to welcome him back, retired General Keith Kellogg. General, good to have you back. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. You know, I think we're now living in interesting times. Uh, I think I used to be a curse in China, but that's where we're at. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, no, we are. And uh, you see this world, and it's so funny. I've looked at this a couple times. Uh, The two times that Russia has acted up in the last decade were both when Joe Biden was in charge of Ukraine policy. Back in 2014, they invaded the Crimea region. That's when he was vice president and point man for Ukraine. Then for four years under Trump, there were no funny business. And then Joe Biden becomes president. And all of a sudden, Putin is back to this game of cat and mouse threatening Ukraine. What's the real dynamic going on there? And what should we be worried about as we watch this play out over the next week? Yeah, John. You know, first of all, it, 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 there's a pattern in Frankly, Putin sees weakness in Biden. You know, he does. There, first of all, there's no personal relationship. Right. Like Biden's the same guy that looked at Putin and said, I, "You have no soul." Well, that doesn't build good relationships. And he realizes, I think, he's a fairly weak leader. Yeah. Where Putin is coming from, and, and I've always believed quite strongly that you always, to, if you want to be a good advisor to a senior leader, you have to look through your adversaries or opponents' eyes. Why are they doing what they're doing? And I, there was an old Chinese philosopher, military strategist called Sun Tzu, who said, 
you know, if you know yourself and know your enemy, you're going to win all your battles. If you know yourself and not the enemy, you're going to win about 50. And 50% of you don't know yourself or the enemy, you're going to lose them all. And I'm beginning to think we're in that third category. Wow. Because what Putin, what Putin is coming from, Putin is saying, look, this is a significant Ukraine. is a significant security issue for me. And he goes back to that, you know, you lie to us. And, and there is some element of truth in the sense of what he's saying or what his concerns are. Because when Gorbachev agreed to let West and East Germany unite, he told Secretary Baker at the time, oh, you know, we're, you know you're not coming further east. And Baker said, no, we're not coming any further east. You know, and then in Poland and the three Baltics later, there they are. And frankly, I don't really care about that because it is a good expansion. But the fact is they don't really trust us. We don't trust them as well. But when I say looking at a security issue, he says, look, I just don't want these guys on my NATO on my on my you know, front porch. And there's ways to finesse that. And there, we could have probably finessed it a year ago or two years ago. And what I mean by finesse it is you say to them, look, in the near term, for quite a while, Ukraine's not going to come into NATO. They right. probably want to corrupt nations in Europe. Um, and it takes every single member of NATO, all 30 of them, to agree to do this. And you could have said, well, we're finessing this, and then you could really build up Ukraine, their military forces, their economic capability. But we didn't do that. We just kind of, you know, we gave them military aid the best we could under Trump. But we were under immense political pressure at the time. Remember, President Trump was impeached because of a letter he released from uh, from talking to Zelensky. Right. So we were a constant pressure uh, on Ukraine. So there's ways to handle this, and we didn't handle it well. So now what we've done, fast forward to today, We've got a president that nobody trusts. Biden, Biden is not trusted at all by um, by Putin. And so we're turning over the Europeans, which, by the way, I don't think is a bad deal. I think Macron is now the new leader of, of Europe because with Merkel gone, yep. there's nobody else but really he or Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson is can, can be kind of flaky at times. So I think yeah. the real leader is going to be Macron going forward. Of course, he faces an election this year. But, but he has an ability to pull something off. And, and if he does that, it will really help us. Because if he'll, if we can get some type of agreement, one, it stands everybody down, and we won't have a violent three weeks to come, but allows us to focus in on a real emergent adversary, and that's China. Every time we try to pivot to the Pacific, we get derailed by Russia, we get derailed by the Middle East. And China's our major threat. It's the emergent threat of the future, and both economically militarily and politically and and we've just looked the other way yeah it's so amazing and you're right russia always seems to crop up at just the time we really should be focused on on china and i want to pivot to china in a second i wonder if um we, i've talked to a lot of people in the last couple of weeks all across the national security spectrum some think that putin is um a head fake that he wants to see how America reacts. So he kind of knows where the limits of American thinking is uh, related to Ukraine. Some think it's a real threat. Obviously, obviously, the Biden administration seems to think that. And then there are others who who are uncertain and say we're in this moment. And you use the word finesse, and I, I so much of our foreign policy when it's been practiced well is presidential uh, presidents and their secretaries of state and their advisors having finesse to be able to navigate without yielding American power or superiority. Peace through strength is what I call the ultimate finesse program. How, well, first off, what do you think Putin's intention is with this latest uh, threat? And what is it that the Biden administration lacks here? It's so, you know, whether it's Afghanistan withdrawal, uh, uh, upsetting the French on the sub deal or uh, misreading Putin, it seems like we don't have any real diplomatic power right now. 
Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Look, I think Putin has reached a point, which is a little bit unfortunate, and I really do hope there's a diplomatic off-ramp to this. But he has really built up forces we have never seen before. Yep. What I'm, he's probably got 70% of his first-line units there around Ukraine, both to, in Belarus, to, to the northwest, to the north, the northeast, the east, and the south. So he's got them pretty well arrayed in, in the... The longer this goes on, and he doesn't get any diplomatic solution, he's got him. He's boxed himself in, and what I mean by boxed himself in, there's no way to get out of it unless he does something military. That's the reason I'm hoping Macron, uh, on his visit to uh, Moscow, will get some type of relief or a way to get, let Putin get out of this yeah, to, some, strategy. to some degree. Otherwise, we're going to see a heck of a fight on our hands for the next three weeks. And I yeah. think that's, he's kind of put himself in a, in a he meaning Putin, in a bad situation. Uh, and, and, and my frustration with the Biden administration, they don't even have a plan. Look, John, every year you're supposed to have, at the end of your first year, you're supposed to have, by law, by the National Defense Authorization Act, you're supposed to have your national security strategy done. We had ours done in uh, December of our first year. Right. Under, under Trump. There isn't one out there right now. There's an interim <laughs> Well, doesn't that tell you something about what they think about national security? I don't think they – and you're right. I don't think they've got a good handle on it. Remember, this was the guy who said, I'm going to bring adults into the room. Well, I'm kind of afraid that these adults are actually playing in the sandbox uh, <laughs> like juveniles, yeah. and they, they really haven't put anything together. Uh, and Putin is a very, very shrewd character. He thinks, him, he thinks of himself – as a historic figure, return of the czars. Right. And we, we have to at least look through how he sees the world and what's going forward. And I'm just hard over about trying to pivot to China because even though Germany, I mean, I'm sorry, Russia is important, when you look at the alliance, the NATO alliance, it's basically 30 countries against two, right. as I count Belarus with Russia. Right. Billions upon hundreds of billions of dollars difference in defense spending. You look at the amount of forces that are out there. We're tremendously arrayed pretty well against them. And by the way, he's not arrayed at all militarily nope. against NATO. Right. But you've got the weak sister of NATO, and that's Germany. You know, it was, Germany has not provided the, the amount of money they're supposed to be providing in defense uh, infrastructure and defense spending. Uh, this is These are the same guys that I remember – in the, in the 70s, uh, had a 500,000-man army. Now they're 65,000. They're spending about 1.4% of their GDP on defense or less. And Merkel said to Vice President Pence when I was with him at the Munich Security Conference, hey, look, we're never going to get to 2%. I nearly fell out of my chair. Wow. I said, so, so the Wales Declaration that you all signed, by the way, Chancellor Merkel signed, you're never going to get there. And, and they're the big... You know, they're the big guy on the block that can really make a significant difference. But you see right they're doing with, with uh, Nord Stream 2, and they really kind of showed their colors when we were sending military aid, when the Brits were sending military aid. Two things happened. One, they sent 5,000 used military helmets. Right. But they also forced Britain to fly around Germany to provide military support to Kiev. Well, so much for, you know, Germany being part of the alliance. Yeah, exactly. 
It is stunning. It really is stunning to to see that abdication. When you talk about China, Russia, I'm going to pivot there right in a second, but China has zero doubt that it wants global domination. It seems like Putin really wants a regional domination, like a recreation of the Russian Empire, maybe the Soviet Union or something like it. They have vastly different views of what the extent of what where they want their power to be felt. Is that correct? Is that a proper way to look at this? Yeah, it, it is. And that's the reason why I think we had to we need to pivot to China. Look, Russia externally has got some bases in Syria. They've tried to get a base in Libya. I'm right. talking about sea bases right now. But you look at the Chinese. Look, they, the Chinese have got a port now that it can be a military port in Equatorial Guinea. Yeah. I mean, on the West Coast, they've never had a, a, a port that far in, into the Atlantic area. The, the Russians have never had that before. The Russians have had their Black Sea fleet that occasionally sortied into the Mediterranean. But you see... You see uh, China expanding everywhere and trying to create a, a very global presence. Here's one of my concerns, though. Honestly, what's going to happen in the future, John, is I'm afraid, with especially with Putin going to talk to Xi recently right. uh, in China, you're going to see an Pushing alliance. The alliance, yeah. the alliance is going to be the Chinese, it's going to be the Russians, and then you add in the Iranians as well. Yep. Now you've got a nuclear, an emergent nuclear power in the Middle East with Iran. You've got a tremendously uh, growing uh, adversary in China and then Russia on the other flank. So I think this is a, you know, it's a, it's a redo of the tripartite act of 1940 and it can be a real threat. Could you imagine in say seven years that you've got fleets, combined fleets of the Russians and the Chinese with a couple of boats from the Iranians floating around the Atlantic off of New York city. Yeah. Just think about it. Yeah. That's very unnerving. And it's exactly, I remember early in the, um, Bush administration, George W. Bush's administration, that was his biggest fear as we were heading into the new millennium. Uh, I think it was uh, Condi Rice or uh, some of the others I sat with. They wanted to keep Russia away from China so that there wouldn't be this sort of merger of two, you know, one superpower potential and one regional power that has a lot of military might. Um, it seems like 20 years, uh, with the exception of the a little bit of an interruption during the Trump years, we really blew that dynamic, right? It, it almost seems inevitable now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But yeah, but Trump, you were right about Trump because what Trump did, Trump tried to keep him, I'll use a tennis term, tried to back foot him all the time, yep. keep him on their back. Don't, you know, always keep him off balance. And he did that through personal diplomacy. He'd pick up the phone and say, hey, Vlad, what's going on? And he kept his dialogue going with he and for the first two years with she, but not the last two years. Right. Because he right. wanted to keep them apart. And because he didn't want him to join forces at all, because his concern was just what you'd see happening right now. And, and Trump was pretty good at it. But Trump was very aware of the problems that we were having. And that's one of the reasons why he actually kept us, tried to keep the sanctions on Iran, because he knew if there was a nuclear breakout. And by the way, I think that's where they're heading to. Yes. That we we're going to have a real problem in the Middle East with because it's going to be proliferation of nuclear weapons. Yep. You know, the Saudis ain't going to buy into the fact nope. that. that that Iran has nuclear weapons. That's right. Uh, and so he tried to keep everybody a little bit off balance, and he did that through personal diplomacy. Yeah, it's remarkable. And I don't think it, it, people realize the sophistication of that. You know, you had a really strong team inside the Trump foreign policy apparatus, and there was a very sophisticated way of playing this chess game. And it seems like Biden doesn't have, like you called it finesse before sophistication. There doesn't seem to be something governing where the chess piece moves next. It seems very reactive. Um, China, the Olympics. You look at our athletes there uh, having to give up their phones for fear they'd be spied on. Uh, all of the restrictions uh, reported being pulled off here live because the Chinese didn't like what they said. Um, 
Was it a mistake? Should we have boycotted the Olympics outright to really send a message to Beijing? Yeah, you know, I here's where I come from on that, John, and I'm probably running counter to a whole lot of people out there. I really get upset when we start putting the politics into the sports. Yeah. I get mad at the NFL. I get mad at Major League Baseball. Right. When they've gone woke, I get mad. I said, look, you know, the only thing I really enjoy now is sports. Right. And I'm trying to find a good place I can even watch sports going on. And I think by doing that, look what happened when we boycotted the Olympics in Moscow. Yeah. You know, the following Olympics, they boycotted us, the Soviets at the time. And I think you put our athletes at a real disadvantage when you do that because it puts a lot of pressure on me. Because here's what I would tell people. said, so look, if you want to really stick it to the Chinese, have our athletes standing, winning gold, and have the American national anthem being played in, uh, there. And look at the diversity. Yeah, that hurts, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Just stick it to them that way. And yeah. say, we're better than you. We've proven that, you know, and here it is. And so I'm kind of saying, let's support the athletes to do it. Doesn't mean that they... If, my frustration is that what Nancy Pelosi said is, well, don't speak out baloney. They're yeah. Americans. They can say anything they want. That was I a crazy moment, wasn't that. it? Yeah. The ultimate of appeasement. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I, I'm one of those that says, look, I think if we could just make it, you know, pure, we know it never will be. Let the, the you know, the political side fight the political side out there. But I think we see too much by the end of when we leave the playing field. Uh, I think it's a it's a mistake out there. You know, look at all the inform- look at all the coverage that Putin got by talking to Xi, yep. and we don't have anybody there. Uh, and I think our athletes are starting to speak. You know, that showing who they really are yeah. out there and their performances. And that's why you know I'm proud to say you know I'm just proud of them. And this gives us a chance to do it. Otherwise, if we're not there, then the, the noise level is down, and we didn't go to show what kind of nation we are. And I think so. That's when I said, John, I'd probably run counter to no, that. No, it's an important question yeah, to ask. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and there's a lot of thinking on it that I think uh, is that way. I mean, I think Ronald Reagan would use the stage the same way, which is let's show them we're still superior in, in competition. Um, as you look out over the next six months, post-Olympics, a lot of people that I've talked to in the national security space are worried about China's uh, uh, behavior post-Olympics. Are they tempted to go crack down in Taiwan in a real way? And if Russia goes into Ukraine, maybe they're more emboldened. What should we be watching for in the Chinese dynamic? And what levers does the Biden administration have left to, to try to navigate that? Well, let me come with the second question first. Is the, the, nobody listens to the Biden administration. They don't have any leverage at all wow. with the Chinese or the Russians. I just don't think they do because I think there's been patterns there of just they just hope to whistle past the graveyard right. and nothing's going to happen. But I think that is a threat. You know, just a few years ago, we said, oh, Hong Kong will be fine. Don't worry about it. We did. Look what's happened to Hong Kong. And I think that Taiwan needs to be concerned looking into the future. But right now, China really doesn't have the capacity to do that. You know, I remind people, look, I used to talk to the president about it. I said, sir, because he, he would ask about it. I said, look, sir, the, the Taiwan Straits are 100 miles across. Okay, that's hard to do. That's like a little bit further than Normandy was from UK. And right now they don't have the amphibious buildup. If you want to send a message, it's really pretty clear. You park uh, the USS uh, Ronald Reagan right. that's based in Japan in the middle of the Taiwan Strait. Said, come on across because they yeah. can't do anything amphibiously come across. And I think that's a, you make you send your own signal to them. They want to have air incursions. Well, we just meet them with our type of incursions by putting, you know, carrier battle group just constantly going around. Go clockwise today, go counterclockwise tomorrow. Right. You know, just right. make sure, just kind of stick it to them that this is important. The other thing I do is, you know, and I, and I know it's a bit controversial, 
John. But I think that we've about reached the time where we say, you know, we're the ones who created the one China policy. Maybe it's about time we went back and said, you know, there really is a two China policy. And we're going to support Taiwan. And Taiwan's an independent country. And we need to support them. The rest of the world should support them as well. They're democratically elected uh, leadership. Uh, they're an important That's country. That's a big they're move, yeah, country. right? But, but, you know, because right now there's still a quote of one China policy. And, you know, one thing I did, Trump, Trump was always thinking out of the box. And I remember that when we moved the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He said, oh, well, we're supposed to be doing that 30, you know, what about right. 13 right. years? No one ever did it. Yeah. That's right. And he said, so you make a statement out there and then see what their reaction is going to be. And frankly, if they want to fight, they want to fight, fine. But, but we need to make some type of statement and take this off the table, that Taiwan is, in fact, an independent country to leave it alone. And I say this, by the way, just to go back just a bit. I say the same thing about Ukraine. Ukraine's an independent, sovereign nation. Leave it alone. But there's got to be ways to finesse it, work it, to make sure they're okay. And just, you know, rattling sabers, putting more troops in NATO and when it comes to Europe out there, that's not helping the situation out there. I don't think that shows good leadership either way. No. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And obviously, Russia doesn't seem to be too, too phased by it one way uh, or the other. How important, you know, I, I, people ask this a lot to me. All right, we got you know, the military might. They got hypersonic missiles. We got our capabilities. We're all very powerful militarily. But China can't live without one thing. China can't survive without access to the U.S. markets, both capital and, and then, of course, uh, uh, consumers. Is that our ultimate lever, which is if China starts to act too badly, we just say, hey, we'll go back to MFN or something like that and see how that works for you? Well, I think part of it is that's part of it. But I think it's also we need to be fighting across the entire globe because they've got, you know, they talk about the Silk Road. They talk right. about the way they expanded. You know, here in the United States, we had Confucius Institutes. They are fighting this globally they are. In, in a very comprehensive way that we have not looked at. You can't. I don't think, John, you can look at it only economically. You got to look at it as culturally, culturally as well. Besides the economics and the military, and you need it. We need to have a comprehensive plan on what we're doing with with China. Look, we did that with the Soviet Union when we had the containment theory. Right. Remember, George Kennedy did. We finally wrote the, the famous X and the X article on with with um, with the Soviets. And we ought to have the same kind of plan. What is our comprehensive comprehensive plan against China? But it hasn't come up with it. We were starting to work that real hard the last two years of the Trump administration because, frankly, President Trump just got fed up with the, the Chinese, especially after COVID, when they basically lied to us and didn't, and there was no accountability. So I think you have to look at a whole of government effort out there. And I and economics is a huge piece of it, especially since our balance of trade is hugely dis, dis, disproportionate. But we don't have a plan to do that right now. I don't see one. No, it's really, really true. Let me pivot to another one of our favorite uh, uh, countries, Iran. Over the weekend, there was a return, a snap back to sanctions without any, Iran really having to give up anything, at least that I can tell publicly and in my reporting. No one seems that Iran made any concessions back. But it's basically worth $29 billion of cash to Iran. How uh, do you think that a, a nuclear deal is even possible, or is Iran just playing us and, and waltzing its way to that nuclear weapon? No, they're, they're waltzing their way towards a nuclear weapon. Look, there's, John, there's going to be a nuclear breakout. And I, I define nuclear breakout is enough enhanced uranium that they can create a, a nuclear weapon. And I think that's going to happen in the near term, within a year. You know, they're already enhancing uranium at over 60%, 90% is weapons grade. You know, when you look at the, the only, for, Domestic purposes, you only enhance and enrich uranium to 5%. So we know they're going there. They're just buying time and talking to us. Look, we're into our eighth round of talks. 
the same guy that worked the Iran talks under Obama and Biden was Rob Malley, and he's there as well. Look, we're not even, John, we're not even in the room in the talks. Yeah. They send couriers down to our down to the hallway and knock on our door and tell us what's going on. We're not personally involved in those discussions at all. It'd be hard to negotiate if you can't sit at the table. Yeah. And, you got, and the Russians are at the table. Yeah. And, and I just think, you know, Sham Khani, they're basically, they're, um, he, he's like our chief of staff, National Security Council, Ali Sham Khani, is a two-star general. Right. He basically said, the American can't tell us what we're going to do with our nuclear programs. And the, the concerning word to me was, he said, not only domestically, but in the security apparatus as well. I thought, oh, boy, that just keyed to me something. Yeah. He's yeah. talking about some type of nuclear breakout. They're just waltzing down there. And, if you, by the way, we, we're not going to solve it, And which is unfortunate. We could have. The reason why Trump, I think a lot of people don't realize this, John, the reason we wanted to renegotiate the JICPOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, was because they, all the clauses sunset. They yep. were all going to expire. Yeah. People don't realize that. He said, look, I want them to make it sure they'll It was a temporary deal get. that didn't last. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so... That's where we're at, and that's where they're heading to, and um, they can read the tea leaves like everybody else. Yeah, they can. So they're just buying time, right? The way to look at these negotiations are just buying time to their breakout moment. Yep, and well, you know, the Chinese had a great philosophy in our Mao Zedong. It was fight, fight, talk, talk. Right. Talk, talk, fight, fight. His, <laughs> and their point was keep talking, keep talking while you're building up your combat power. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening right now. Uh, what a missed opportunity should we... Uh, should we fall for this once again? It looks like we are. General, it is always an honor to have you on your show. I always feel smarter when I'm done talking to you. I, I, the world becomes a little more understandable every time we're together. And I want to thank you for that. Last question. This Trump-Pence uh, relationship has been going through some difficult times. Where does it end up at the end of the day? Does this? Do they have a hard break or do they find some common ground at the end of the day? Yeah, John, I think it's a hard break. I mean, I, and I, which is unfortunate because... We had one bad day, yep. and I, I like to say in four years. And and Vice President Pence was very loyal to President Trump. He sure I was. think there's, there's a schism, and I and I think unfortunately others are going to push that. And what I'm yep. you're seeing Chris Christie come out about that as well, sure. and some others talking about it. And I think you're going to see positions continue to harden as they go forward, uh, which is really unfortunate. But I don't, you know, I'm just being very candid with yep. you, John. I just don't think think that relationship. We'll come back to the way that I remember seeing it for the most part. They'll just have to go their separate ways and yep. see what's going to happen in 2022 and 2024. Yeah, it seems like it's definitely headed that way. I know there was a, an effort uh, maybe short, maybe six, eight months ago to get the get two talking again, but it doesn't seem like uh, I think they're dug in now and it's uh, it seems irreconcilable for the future. Well, either way, we're lucky that you serve both men and, and serve this country so often as you have, uh, General. It's great to have you on the show and I can't wait to get you back on. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the day right after this. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful you can join. So thankful that you're a part of the Justin News family. We've got a big story coming out tonight on Liz Cheney and her family ties to China and to other actors on the world stage that she sometimes criticizes in public, Soviet republics and others. We're going to tell you the whole connection, who it is, what it looks like, why it's happening, and what it says about Liz Cheney as she heads into the fight of her lifetime against Harriet Hageman in the great state of Wyoming. All right, until then, check us out. We've got great guests again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. But until then, may God bless you. May God bless this extraordinary country, the United States. You've been listening to, you know, John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.